Welcome to Housing Developments. I'm Jerry Howard. And I'm Jim Tobin. Good morning, boss. How you doing? I'm doing great, Jim. How are you doing? I'm doing just fine. Doing just fine. Well, let's uh, begin by uh, thanking our sponsors, Wells Fargo Home Mortgage. A great, uh, a great sponsor for uh, the Housing Developments podcast. And as you always say, enjoy, uh, encourage all of our members to, uh, to do business with them. Yes, Jim, we will encourage all of them, our members to do business with them. And I'm wondering what's in that cup you're drinking. <laughs> right. Anyway, Jim, it's uh, it's good to talk to you. There's uh, uh, not uh, much has changed in Washington since uh, we last spoke, other than uh, the hearings uh, for the confirmation of the new Supreme Court justice. What's your yeah, perspective uh, on that? Yeah, we're uh, we're we're the third day into the uh, the nomination uh, hearings for Katanji Brown Jackson, uh, and and so far they've gone as everybody suspected. Uh, Republicans are trying to be uh, respectful. I watched a, a good chunk of the hearings yesterday. Uh, it seems like the Republicans were litigating a lot of the treatment the Democrats levied against uh, Brett Kavanaugh or uh, Amy Coney Barrett and about uh, you know, some of the lines of questioning there. Um, there. There were some legitimate questions raised by the Republicans on the, uh, the record of Judge Jackson uh, about uh, some ruling she had in, uh, in, in child, child pornography cases or, uh, or, or some of her uh, or defense of uh, Guantanamo inmates. Uh, and I think generally uh, it's probably a, a proceeding, as I said, as expected, uh, that she'll get a floor vote the next few weeks. Uh, but, but so far, no real fireworks, despite what the, the press, I think, is trying to make this into. I think it's been a pretty, pretty normal and respectful process so far. Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. I expect that uh, she is ultimately going to be confirmed, yep. and that that may be uh, the final action taken this year by uh, by the Senate. Uh, as far as uh, legislating goes, I don't see much coming down the pike. Do you? Yeah, I th I think there's one more big thing that 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 we are watching very closely, and that's uh, they they called it the China competitiveness competitiveness bill. Uh, the House has passed a version. The Senate is on the verge of, of passing it. Uh, so we're watching more about semiconductors, uh, but obviously that's a big issue for our industry, whether it's trucks and cars and, and appliances and ovens and things that run on semiconductors. So any kind of uh, anything that can, that can increase domestic production, but also uh, it could carry the ocean shipping reform. And, and Jerry, you and I have talked about this. We don't have a have a whole lot of policy on ocean shipping reform, but but there is a straight line that we can draw between container ships and the job site. And if we can move goods and goods through our ports, uh, through the trucking infrastructure to warehouses to our job sites in a more efficient and therefore uh, more economically advantageous manner, uh, we're all for it. So we are watching this bill. Uh, it'll go to conference ultimately, and and you and I've watched a lot of bills die in conference over the years, but there's a little bit of optimism that, that maybe there's something there for the broader economy. Well, we'll see. In the meantime, our focus today isn't going to be on politics. It's going to be on the health of the NHB Federation. And uh, who better to help us discuss that than the chairman of the board of NHB, Jerry Conter. Well, Jim, let's bring in uh, the chairman himself. Uh, and uh, since Frank Sinatra isn't around, I guess <laughs> we must be talking about Jerry Connor. Jerry, welcome to the show. <laughs> the uh, newest member of the Rat Pack, I guess. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Thanks for being with us. We uh, 
uh, are uh, fortunate to have you. It's the first time we've ever had one of the officers on uh, housing developments, which Jim and I have been doing now for a couple of years. So thanks for taking the time. My pleasure. Jerry, uh, you have uh, made it very clear to not only uh, everyone in the Federation, but the entire staff that your goal, your number one goal, overarching, is to create a culture of membership within the NHB Federation. Describe for our listeners what you mean by the culture of membership. Well, uh, Jerry, you know, it's a very complex issue. It sounds simple, but it's not because it's made up of lots of parts. Um, I think that we've lost a little bit of the whole reason why people tend to join an association, gather together, try and improve their, their uh, success in their enterprise. Uh, they have a commonality of issues and they want to they wanna work better together to hopefully solve those problems. But today, it's been overwhelmed by, uh, by the cost of membership, by some level of loss of fun in participating in their association, or just simply not really understanding the benefits that an association can offer to them. Uh, and I don't care whether it's the home builders, the realtors, the trial lawyers, it's all, everybody has experienced to some extent this loss of what really being a member and engaged and active member means. And I think it's incumbent on the National Association to help our locals bring back that understanding and that culture. And, and part of that is by them being able to operate to their maximum capacity. Uh, and I believe that NHB can very well help in that regard. Uh, it's hard to run a membership drive, really not about so much how many members we get, but the quality of the member, the engagement of the member. Uh, so I, I think that literally it may be the most important issue that our, that our association on a national level faces, because as you well know, the more members we have, the better message we can carry, the better weight we have to do the things that will help our members. And that's what I want to transfer to the rest of the greater membership. You know, that, that's really interesting. Coincidentally, uh, last week I was in Terre Haute, Indiana. Uh, that's a local association that during the course of COVID has actually grown in size, both in terms of its builder members but also in terms of its associate members. And yet the EO, a part-time EO, Lauren, is very concerned because although the members are paying their dues and they're signing up, they're not participating in the meetings. And she's concerned that that will lead to an erosion of the perceived value. Very astute on her part, and it plays right into what you're talking about. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm really kind of happy to hear that because. Uh, as you said, she's a part-time EO. She's kind of new to new to the game, and that's exactly what NHP needs to do. We need to help her and get her members engaged. She's not there to lead or do their job for them. She's there to, in my opinion, she's there to hopefully be the cheerleader that gets them engaged. And once they are engaged, they'll enjoy it. I mean, we're a competitive bunch of guys and girls, you know, ladies. 
in at least in my local association, we're colleagues, but we're and we're competitors, but we are very competitive in succeeding also uh, in association work also. So once you get that type of member involved, uh, the rest becomes easy uh, because they're they're reaching out to their other members or their their friends and colleagues, and they're saying hey, you need to be here. You need to show up at this council meeting. You need to show up at this uh, committee meeting. We need your help. Uh, and they work as a team then. Jerry, going off of what uh, Jerry Howard just said about, about the Terre Haute HBA, how do you think NEHB needs to evolve uh, in order to, to meet its members' needs if, if the, the association is getting younger? Obviously, this is a, as busy a time as we can all remember in the industry. But what do you think we need to do? Not from not, just not even NHB, but but home builder associations need to do to to make the association more accessible to those members. Uh, and and how do we evolve, so to speak? Uh, that's a great question, and we're still trying to figure that out, Jim. But I I will tell you, during the pandemic, uh, what we've discovered is although there, there, there is a preconception that in-person meetings are a dead issue, I don't believe, that, to the contrary, I believe that uh, in-person meetings has become very important. The, the business that's done at an in-person meeting is not at the meeting, it's the meeting after the meeting. Uh, and this generation um, is beginning to figure that out. Uh, although they love the fact that they can work from home, maybe in their pajamas, uh, they still need that social interaction that that helps them find out better what uh, their peers need and want. So I think we have to continue to research and add a virtual component to everything that we do. But at the same time, this generation is much different as we think they are. Uh, they, they are just at a different stage of engagement in timing, et cetera. We have to recognize that. And in the meantime, we have to re-engage some of our uh, more senior members that have become a little bit disenchanted, et cetera. They're a wonderful resource. And that goes to the mentoring part of, of the culture of membership. I can tell you that one of the biggest reasons I've been a member at all levels, an active member at local, state, national, is the mentoring that I got along the way from somebody that had already done it uh, and knew enough to tell me. And I couldn't do that without that personal relationship. I couldn't have got that mentoring without an in-person meeting where I met those people and you know, on a sidebar after the meeting, we started talking about what we did. And all of a sudden I discovered that they knew something more than I did. We try to accomplish that to some extent with our membership through our Builder 20 clubs. And it's very effective, but they're not in, it doesn't translate out of that group, unfortunately, on a bigger level to where that national can, can utilize that for our common member that's down in the grassroots that you know, never been to a national meeting, never been to a Builder 20 meeting. How do we get to him? Well, we've got to build it on the local level first. And if we build it on the local level, we've got to give those local associations what they need to be successful. 
so they can concentrate on membership. Everything that they do should, in my opinion, again, everything that a local association does should be geared to the success of their members. You know, Jerry, one of the things that really stuck with me was a conversation you and I had a couple of weeks back where you said that every single meeting at the local, state, and national level has to provide something for our members to make their business better. You got it. And that it, it can't be, I think you used the phrase, a tax. The social events can't be a tax on the members. Can you expand on that? Sure. Um, I'll use a typical uh, non-dues revenue event that many of our associations do, okay? So a golf tournament, it does benefit building that networking capability between uh, associate members and builder members. Because, you know, if, uh, if they're together in a golf cart for four hours, they got undivided attention, you know, but they're also building a different type of relationship with that builder member, that associate member. Um, so, but you can't expect the builders to pay for the golf tournament. You can't expect the associates to pay for the golf tournament. You want to make sure that you give them avenues for that networking that if there's a fee for it, there's value to that fee. So in our golf tournaments, as an example, associates set up uh, tents on every tee box and uh, they get to see every member that comes through on that golf tournament. They're happy to pay $200 to have that opportunity to sit on that tee box. Uh, and, you know, they're giving out uh, drinks or, or snacks or whatever it is. Everybody stops. They're waiting on the tee box for the next group to go through anyway. And those associates get, you know, 20 minutes to talk with that foursome. Whoever, that foursome may be a mixture of associates and builder members, but more likely it's builder members or majority builder members. So that's an opportunity for the builders not to be taxed, but the associates to get a value. You know, just putting a sign on a hole as a hole sponsor is not very valuable. They do that, and I do that, you know, but that's not, that's not where the majority of the revenue needs to come from. It needs to come from some, of, some way that that associate can say, I got 20 minutes to talk to this guy or 10 minutes or five minutes to talk to this guy where I can't get in his door normally. I'll pay for that and I'll participate and I'll be on the committee because that's value for me. You know, Jerry, a, a lot of, a lot of uh, EOs and, and members listen to, uh, to our podcast. So this is, and so I think this is a great message and, and, and is, is you work through your year uh, to, to increase uh, and, and, and rebrand the culture of membership. NAHB. The Savannah HBA has a great culture of membership. I think that's we're trying to import that to, to NAHB and, and nationwide. Tell us what NAHB is going to be doing to see your vision come through. And, and as you're talking to the EOS through the podcast here, what, what can they look for from NHB to help help drive this effort? That's a great, a great question, uh, Jim. So this is not a one-year deal. Uh, there's no way you can turn this boat quickly. So I am hoping that we begin to set the, the uh, 
the outline of what needs to happen this year, but the majority of implementation where you're going to begin to see something happen is going to be it towards the end of my year. And hopefully if the rest of the senior officers, which I hope will embrace this concept that this is not a one and done deal, it's, it's a multi-year re-engagement of membership. And that's going to take uh, a, joint effort of the entire senior officer team and maybe even the next senior officer team, we've got to make membership the focus of our organization. Everything else comes from membership uh, and an active membership. Uh, so, but what the EOs can look for in the short term is uh, our, our uh, membership staff is very active in working on some deliverables that we can send out to make, uh, to give them a plethora of selections of things to do that are not just non-dues revenue to make sure that they can meet their budget, but things that will strengthen their association, strengthen it both financially as well as strengthen it in member engagement. So those deliverables should be begin to come out in the next 30 days, I would say. This is by no means an indictment on on anything that's been done by NHB. It's just a recognition that we need to bring back something that we've lost for whatever reason. And uh, I, I believe that our membership staff is laser beam focused on this now. And we, it will bring fruit. Uh, well, boss, I, it's, it's not just the membership staff. It's the entire staff uh, from me all across the board. Uh, we all know what the goal is. We'll all be pulling in the same direction and, and, and we'll certainly have something to show for it. Hopefully it'll begin to bear fruit by the end of your year, but certainly as we, as we move forward. And with that, uh, Jerry, thanks for joining us. Well, thank you both for having me. And uh, this may be my first and last podcast. I don't know, but I'm happy to be here today. So Jim, we have our marching orders. The chairman is certainly extremely uh, aggressive in his yeah. pursuit of this goal. Yeah, and as, as Jerry said at the, the top of our uh, our discussion with them, you know, NHB ultimately uh, is a business organization. If we can help our members uh, do, do uh, be better businessmen and women, uh, along with uh, along with making housing better in America, we win. And I and I think that it the members the culture of membership touches so many different things. Uh, it, it'll, it, it will help drive people to IBS, a big revenue source for us, but also the largest gathering of the year of home builders from across the country. Uh, what better way to celebrate membership than in Las Vegas next year? More membership uh, means more voices uh, into Capitol Hill or into the administration or, or in the media. Uh, it helps drive PAC receipts so that we can still be an effective uh, lobbying arm here in Washington, D.C. So, so Jer Jerry's goals are association-wide and have, have long-reaching benefits uh, as we help them uh, increase the, the, uh, the culture of membership. I, I completely agree. And, uh, and for our listeners, um, as I mentioned a few moments ago, we will be having Melissa Voorhees, our head of membership at the staff level here, to discuss the programs that she's putting together and that you can use at your local associations uh, to help accomplish this goal, which is a goal not just for national. Uh, but for the local and states as well. And in fact, it's probably more important for the locals and the states than it is for national, if that's even possible. But uh, we will soon be moving toward that. And just so you don't think, listeners, that 
uh, we may be abandoning the world of politics. <laughs> you know, we, Jim and I are entering into the election season here, and most of our uh, drunk, I mean, most of our serious conversations <laughs> uh, are now starting to talk about various candidates, the election itself, uh, who's going to take what races. And so what we're going to do is gear our podcast more and more in the coming months toward the election cycle. And to do that, we'll be bringing on various uh, friends of ours from here in the Washington community who, uh, who watched the election process and who will offer their predictions. And that will be culminated at the end of uh, the election season, around the middle of October. Jim and I will lay out, well, I'll lay out my forecast and Jim will lay out his reverse barometer. Uh, whatever he <laughs> nice. says, you should bet against, but he's betting on it. I'll be betting on mine uh, and we'll make a, a great competition out of it. All right. Fair enough. So listeners, enough. we've got we've got some good times coming down the road here. Please yep. not only listen to housing developments, but like it, rate us. Uh, rate us. And uh, anyway, right. with that, once again, thanks to Wells Fargo Home Mortgage. I'm Jerry Howard. And I'm Jim Tobin. Bye-bye.